This is Flip the Library, the Gwinnett County Public Library podcast. I'm Steve Thomas, manager of the Collins Hill branch. And today we are talking to staff who attended the Georgia Library Association conference this year, which was virtual due to a certain pandemic happening around the world. Um, Can everybody um, introduce yourself and then we'll get started finding out about the conference? Sure. Uh, My name is Patty Reber. I am the Youth Services Manager here at Gwinnett County. I'm Sarah Martin, a Youth Services Specialist. I'm Becca, and I'm a Library Associate over at the Hamilton Mill Branch. I'm Deborah Chandler. I'm a Library Associate at the Decula Branch. I'm Sarah Whitaker. I'm a Library Associate also at the Decula Branch. I'm Jamie Jennings, also an Associate at the Decula Branch. My name is Manor. I work at the Hamilton Mill branch as an associate. For those of you who have attended conferences before, how did the virtual format feel as opposed to an in-person and which do you prefer? This is my second virtual conference that I've attended. I went to to a Library 2.0 conference on sustainability in uh, October of last year. And so the virtual format was interesting. I had never used the Hoover format before, or Hoover, however you pronounce it. So I found it very stressful because we were given no training ahead of time. We didn't know if you had to download it. We had lots and lots of questions. It was really intimidating. And then it was super, super easy. You just clicked on the button and there you were and you could log on so simply. So there was a lot of fretting beforehand, but really it was a very straightforward conference. So I have been to both um, in-person conferences and this is, I think, my second virtual conference. I vastly prefer being in person. I feel like I, when it's virtual, it doesn't feel as important. Um, I'm at my desk or I'm at home and I've got things, 18,000 other things going on. And it's very easy to just be like, oh, I'm going to check my email while this person is showing me a slideshow again. Um, so, and I feel like for me, part of the fun and like where I get the most out of conferences is between sessions. And when I get to see people that I don't see very often and I get to talk to other people and really have that back and forth and chat and you get to know people and you just don't get that with with the virtual conference. Yeah, and Patty, you in particular, because you've worked at other library systems, you can see your old friends from previous systems even. Yeah, I miss them. Patty's absolutely right. The energy is totally missing from a virtual conference. I was privileged to go to the ALA And that was in person about three years ago. That was breathtaking. It was exciting. There was a huge amount of energy and a lot of discussion. And this did seem very sterile in a virtual setting. Yeah, ALN in particular is like 20,000 people. So it's quite a a thing there. Yeah, I attended ALA earlier this year and it was virtual. Um, And I really felt like in comparison to the ALA virtual and the GLA virtual, I felt with the Whova app, it was much simpler to access different sessions, but the number of sessions that I felt that pertained to me as a staff member, I felt it was extremely limited. Most of it, I felt like 
was not for someone of my position or programming, things like that. I definitely felt like the programming sessions, it was very, very minute, hardly any at all. And the ones that they had, it kind of felt like something that either people had already done or it's been around a while. So I did not feel like it pertained to the evolving and that type of thing that was the conference was supposed to be about. So I, being new to the library world, when I first started at GCPL, um, it was my very first library job. So I had never been to a conference before I started at GCPL, and I actually have never been to an in-person conference at all since then. So my only experience with conferences thus far is with virtual. Um, so I, the only other one that I've attended is the, um, it was the Rainbow uh, HOCO conference, which was a really great one. Um, and that was on the LGBTQIA plus community and topics centered around that. And it was marvelous. There was wonderful content and amazing presenters. Um, and I think they, it was during the pandemic, um, even though it was new, they still did a really great job with the, the virtual platform. Um, and it was amazing. And with this one, I I kind of to Devra's point, um, it felt like there are there wasn't very much content that really applied to a normal staff member. There was stuff about um, you know for management and library systems changing as a whole. I feel like maybe that could be you know it could be applied, but for us as normal staff members, it wasn't super like yes, we're evolving and we're changing things and we can learn all these great tips and stuff. It was more it was more geared towards like a management and overall change of libraries, which is interesting, but to be honest, is a little over my head. So <laughs> kind of my take on that. I agree with the comments that have been made previously, in particular about the energy of a virtual conference versus a uh, in-person conference. I do feel like the organizers did a really good job of trying to recreate that energy with their social um, hour type of things and creating little um, conversation starters virtually and things like that. I will say one of the plus sides I find to the virtual session, for me at least, is if I start a session that I'm not interested in, there's less guilt in me clicking out of it than if I were to be in the room having to stand up and walk out. There's also the bonus with virtual conferences that you get to go back and watch the recordings, which is really helpful when, you know, we we're all really busy at the library. So getting to go back and see a bunch of those is really nice. I, I don't know if they've ever done that for in-person conferences, like if they videotape it or all, but that's a kind of neat feature, I think. Yeah, and certainly makes it more accessible, too. So I know the, the larger conferences, I think, are trying to do that more because not everybody can fly out to California for a conference or up to New York or out to Chicago or wherever. So it's nice to make all that accessible to everybody. One of the things that I also find and when we do these episodes about conferences afterwards is, is sometimes um, it's not so much that it's not applicable to like the kind of job that we do, but GCPL is kind of ahead of the curve a lot of times. So you'll hear something that would be ac- applicable to you, but you're like, oh yeah, we did that two years ago. <laughs> so a lot of times it's it, it's it's not it's nice to be in a um, innovative kind of place, but it's hard conference wise, especially um, sometimes. You guys were all presenters, but um, before we get to the presentations that you all did, were you able to attend some other sessions? And if so, uh, what were some of your favorites? My absolute favorite was the library talk. Um, it's basically like um, how libraries are getting on to TikTok. And I thought it was fantastic because it really 
brought out how like libraries can show one minute in their library of things that people may not know about, or they make it funny and they're breaking the stereotypes of what libraries and librarians are. And I just, it was the only session that I genuinely felt was new and refreshing. When we were on tech task force together, Steve and I, I did my own research on why we should get a TikTok for the library because I've seen so many library TikToks. I kind of feel like since we're doing quick bites um, right now for virtual, uh, you know, whatever for our social media, I think that it would be so simple to convert those into a TikTok account. We're already doing one minute quick bites. Why not pop it over onto TikTok? And I think we would really open up viewership to our library system. I wholeheartedly agree. I'm old and don't understand TikToks. <laughs> a lot of teens here at the Cula, so they're constantly yeah. making TikToks here in the library. And I think it would be so fun if we could join in with them and do something fun. I think it would just really show how in touch with the community we are. I also, I enjoyed the TikTok one that Deborah did. I also watched one that was... Um, to your point, Steve, about bookmobiles, and that's kind of something that we we do, but it was, you know, still interesting to see how other systems do it. And you can always kind of um, listen and pick out those little nuggets of ideas. Um, and I, I thought that there were some in that bookmobile one. And then there was one about um, citizen science, which is a particular interest of mine. I had a, a citizen science program planned before COVID kind of blew up everything. And I would love to be able to like pull that together again. So hearing what other people are doing around that is was interesting for me. It's nothing to do with the fact that I work with her or that we we're at GCPL, but I really thought Deborah and the uh, food evolution, um, you know what I'm saying. What was the title? The evolution of culinary literacy. The evolution of culinary literacy was, was just spectacular. I thought that was a wonderful presentation. And no, it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a co-worker of Deborah. Oh, I did have another one, Steve. There was another one that I liked. It was talking about fines free at your library, the pilot project. I thought that one was really, really interesting. And um, I don't live in Gwinnett. I live um, in a nearby county and my county just went fines free in Pines. And I just thought it was such a cool thing because they're they're they've got like 13 branches or something like that. But each of the libraries are relatively small and their communities really need that assistance. And I've already seen in their library system an increase in traffic just because they've gone fine free. They went student fine free earlier this year, but now they're making everyone fine free. And I just, I, it was really interesting. And I know that's something that's on leadership's list of perhaps maybe next year or the following. And I just, I think it's going to make a big difference in the community when we do get that way. I want to piggyback off of that too, because that was one of the few sessions that I attended as well. Um, and it was really interesting to see, you know, like the impact they they kind of did an evaluation of the patron impact, collection impact, financial, and then, you know, on the Pine system overall. So it would be it would be really great to see our system do that and impact the community in such a great way. That presentation was kind of, it's inspiring because it's nice to see other library systems looking out for their patrons and seeing whatever they can do to help the community. 
So all of you were presenters at the conference this year. Congratulations for that. Uh, can you tell us briefly about the session that you led? I know some of you were in the session together, so you can pick a spokesperson if you So Sarah and I did a session on our Google Meet Storytime and how we have taken Storytime into the virtual world, but still managed to build that sense of community that you have in an in-person Storytime. We had a really good time doing it. One of the things we decided very early on when we talked about how we wanted to do it is we did not want to do a slideshow with talking heads over it because we felt like there was going to be probably a lot of that in this conference. And one of the things that I kind of missed about in-person conferencing is being able to see some people just having conversations, like when you have a panel discussion. So we filmed it as a panel, as a panel of two. <laughs> so we sitting at my desk, just having a discussion and talking about our experiences and kind of how we did it. And we got a lot of good responses. We had several people who were, who really appreciated that, that it was more people having a conversation as opposed to talking at you with a slideshow. So Sarah and I did one on the evolution of World Ocean Day in the Decula branch. Um, we covered the last four years that we've done it, um, both in person um, and completely online and kind of what the change looked. Um, while we did highlight our World Ocean Day program specifically, we made sure to let everyone know that they could pick whatever topic and it still be affordable and it still be doable, things like that. Um, so I don't know if Sarah wants to add anything on to that, but basically we just kind of discussed the way that we progressed and how it can apply to people at their own systems as well. And as Patty said, we wanted to make it user-friendly. We didn't want to just have slides. So we videotaped ourselves having a conversation or at least leaning that way so that we looked chatty and were engaging with the, with the participants, even though we couldn't see them. So Becca and myself and Lori Bennett and Lori Esser uh, did the Evolution of Culinary Literacy. And it, a little funny story about this is originally when I sent out an email asking some folks if they would like to participate. I accidentally emailed Lori Bennett when I met Lori Esser and she emailed me back and said, Hey, I'm in cataloging. I don't know if you realize that. And I was like, Oh, that would be great for this, you know? So happy little accident. And it was a great collaboration. The four of us worked so smoothly, everybody, it, it wasn't one of those group projects where nobody does anything. You know, it was great. Everybody participated, edited. We talked back and forth. And it was very interesting for us because we all worked at different branches. So we had to do a yeah. lot of collaboration online, be, uh, meeting by like Google Meet or Zoom. And we only met in person one time for the entire practice and everything. And it was just recording some audio and then... Rebecca did her amazing work by editing it all and making it all look pretty and beautiful and not the hot mess that it was the day that we recorded. <laughs> I mean, it was just, yes, it really was a hot mess to begin with. <laughs> it was a lot of fun and we had a great time. And then the actual session, we had a live Q and a, and we had a lot of people asking questions. Yeah. They were very interested and 
it was it was a lot of fun. And so um, after that, we asked if we could submit the same program, but with more for ALA. So fingers crossed we get uh, accepted at ALA in 2022. We'll see. Uh, in addition to doing the virtual story time presentation with Patty, Catherine Russell and I from Youth Services also did one on how we use Google Classrooms. And so that was fun because it's a really exciting topic for me. I really um, love using the Google Classroom format. It's something we would not have come across if it weren't for the pandemic. So I'm grateful for that. I also, I've never been a presenter at a conference before, and I'm not sure I would qualify my one as, myself as one now because I think being able to pre-record it you know, create a certain comfort level that I would not have felt if I was standing in front of the group. Um, so yes, it did relieve the nerves some to have this virtual format. I have a fun fact to uh, share. Yes. <laughs> so fun fact, uh, on the culinary literacy topic, you know, the, the whole evolution of everything in culinary programming and how the pandemic really put a whole virtual stress on all of our programming. I'm currently at home working from home doing my filming for my next baking episode, which I think is a tribute to the way we've all been able to make this work for a lo- like long after the pandemic hit and how we're constantly changing and going with the flow. And so after I mute this, I'm actually going to go check on this uh, apple cranberry crisp in the oven. <laughs> so just a fun, like, it, there's so many different ways to do it. And I love the fact that our system embraces all of that all the time. How do you feel that your session went? Did, did, do you feel like it went over well? Did you get somebody you mentioned you had a Q&A, um, Sarah? Did, did, you get, did, all you, did all of you do a live portion? And how, how did that go? I think everybody had a like a, a live Q&A running where people could come in and type questions kind of like a chat and you could respond back and forth kind of through the whole the whole conference because people can go and watch it at any time. So you, we spent a lot of time checking at least like we checked a lot during our time that it was scheduled for and then we would go back and check periodically throughout the day. And the way we did it is Sarah and I took turns answering or responding to to people who said nice things. Yes, Sarah here from the Tequila branch. Uh, Jamie and I did that too. We took it in turns answering the chat. They had a live Q&A and a question section and live chat. And you're right, it went on throughout the entire conference. So we, we periodically went back to check, see if there was anything we needed to follow up with. It was very nice getting the feedback from the people who viewed our, our presentation. Because I do think that was one of the harder things is when it's just a video, you know, we recorded it and it was fun. Like I always enjoyed chatting with Sarah, but you don't get that reaction. You can't read the room. You don't know how the crowd is responding. You don't know if people are interested or if they're bored or if they're even paying attention. So it was really nice to have that chat feature. I did think it was interesting that they had the chat, the Q&A, and there's like one other place, at least in our panel, nobody used the Q&A. Everybody just used the chat function. <laughs> so too many places to to talk, I think. Um, kind of piggybacking off of that, um, with the virtual program, it's really difficult to know how well it's going. But we did have some really good feedback saying like, that people really enjoyed it, that they were going to adapt it to their own branch. But something exciting that Sarah and I had is we had a librarian from Georgia Tech actually email us and say that she would like to be involved with it next year. So even though we were unsure of what that would look like, um, we were able to see the repercussions of that afterwards. So 
One of the things that I had an issue with, though, with the presentation was typically in any other virtual or in-person presentation that you give, they normally have a spot where you can upload slides and documents and things like that that were separate so that people could download it. And I could never figure out the entire time. Like I've looked since then how to upload documents that we created for people because we had documents for recipes. We have documents for links on how to find different social media that we had or where we had videos, that type of thing. That was the only thing that genuinely frustrated me because we took a lot of time to create those documents for people who attended the session. And a lot of times I'm a big documents person. So if I go and watch something, it's so helpful if they have stuff already typed up and saved so I can just save it and actually pay attention to the live presentation. I thought it went great. Um, The questions were all like really enthusiastic people who were just interested in the topic and kind of just gave our our group um, praise and thought it was really cool that we have a mobile library for our system. And we are very, very grateful that we had so much participation because it can easily be dead. And I know we weren't live or anything like that. So, uh, but it was really nice to see how interested people were in the topic. Everybody loves food, so that's really easy to do. (laughs) So I think we were lucky in that um, for sure. It was a great time. And I had people reach out afterward too and just send a couple messages like what's your favorite thing to bake and different things like that. And that was, that was really nice. We also, there was an option for our, uh, for all of GLA that you could create a poll for your program. And um, I created a couple of polls of does your library do culinary literacy program? And I was really surprised by how many people said no, really, really surprised. Well, for not just necessarily this conference, but for other conferences that you may be attended, how do you um, tend to organize your notes? Because one of the things that we always talk about when we're talking about going to conferences, you know, when GCPL sends you to a conference, the point is that you will bring that knowledge back and to share it. So how do you organize the information that you gather at a conference and how do you distribute it once you're back? I generally have my notebook all the time with me. And I take notes while I'm in the session if something is interesting or if I hear something, you know, unique or exciting. And then when I get back, I'll look over it. If there's something that I think other people would be interested in, I generally share it with my team where we have our weekly meetings and I'll, I'll say, Hey, I went to this cool thing. And this is, this is what I learned. This is really neat. And then we'll share it out at like the ELA meetings or the team rep meetings. So that's kind of how we let people know about stuff. Sometimes I'll type it up in a Google doc and share it that way. But I will say that virtual conferences make it really easy to take notes um, and type them really fast (laughs) so that you can actually get everything you want to write down um, because I write really slowly if I'm handwriting stuff. And it always helps remember things better, but I can actually write things down and get everything I wanted to obtain in my notes um, when I'm typing it out. And then it's really easy to organize because Drive makes life way easier than it. <laughs> but for the, again, the aspect that you can go back and watch recorded programs is really nice because it kind of takes the guesswork out of it. So a lot of the staff members who weren't able to attend in person or live can go back and watch those recordings themselves. And if you have, and then you can kind of compare notes, you know, with each other and talk about, have a discussion about how you both like the presentation. And I think ultimately, 
that helps, you know, it helps you learn better than anything else is being able to unpack it after you listen or watch something, being able to unpack something after you listen or watch um, and talk about the topic really helps for me at least. So it's nice to bounce ideas back off each other. Yeah, I agree. Um, When we went to ALA, Sarah and I went to a couple of the same sessions and I really liked that because afterwards we could talk about, oh, I like this part of it and and I like this. And she she always manages to catch stuff that I don't. And so I I like that, having that, that ability to bounce ideas back off each other. Yeah, the first conference I went to many years ago, I took detailed notes. It was almost as though I felt like I had to record every single thing that they said. And I have evolved in that. And now I tend to just write down um, the things that I feel like, oh, that's something that we could do, or we could do some version of that. And then I usually run immediately to Patty and say, we need to do this. (laughs) And so, yeah, we've got um, that kind of approach going these days. Less detailed, but I think um, latching onto the more important things or potentially important things. So bouncing off that last question, uh, are there any things that you saw um, at the conference that you're excited to implement yourself? At the, we've talked about a couple of little things, but anything in particular you want to highlight that you were like, ooh, that is a good idea. I'm going to do that. Uh, one of the other presentations that I attended was about um, regrowing your culture in your library. And again, it was centered towards management, um, <laughs> but I did still think it was an important topic to touch on because of the pandemic and the effect that it's had on everyone. And I think it really, it's done a lot to people's mental health across the board, no matter how you were affected by it, if it's very little or not. So um See, you know, seeing people talk about regrowing your culture as a workplace and kind of forming like team bonds again, I think is great because I think it's something even if you don't think you need it, you do. You need to have a good workplace culture and everybody to feel safe and welcome and happy. (laughs) So that was an important topic for me, too. And your managers like it when you attend sessions like that. Um, I went to one uh, session that was about relationships with schools. And so um, not necessarily everything in there was something novel. But one of the things that I thought was a really good idea that we've never tried is they did they went to schools during the pandemic that during the school pickup line time. And so while you've kind of got that captive audience, they had set up things all along the driveway along the where the cars are lined up to advertise their summer reading program. And that seems like something that while we have a much bigger um, geographical area to cover, we could probably do something like that if we picked just a few schools to concentrate on, maybe in the areas that don't typically get as many people to sign up for summer reading. So, you know, hearing ideas like that is really exciting. And when you think, get to think about how could we do this? And as a parent who's been in those lines before, I would appreciate something to entertain me. <laughs> it's a captive audience. You have to be sitting there. So, so you might as well sign up for something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you, all of you, for coming on to talk about your Georgia Library Conference experience. And I hope you all had a good time and I hope it inspires other people to want to attend conferences and to present at conferences because it's, as we were talking about before, a lot of the times we're ahead of the curve. That's so that's part of our responsibility then is to pass that knowledge on to help other people learn how to do this stuff. We want to be encouraging and everything in our lovely library. Thank you all very much and have a great day.